Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Adoption Chronicles. We provide information and a story platform for adoption people all throughout the land and we'll be talking to all different kinds of people throughout the journey. Uh, So brace yourself, you're going to hear stories that are positive, stories that are not so positive, but we'll be bringing them to you from all different walks. And today we're lucky enough to be talking to a DNA adoption angel, uh, Diane Cuff. Welcome to the show, Diane. Thank you very much, Mick. Thanks for the opportunity. No worries at all. So um, just to to let everyone know, my normal producer who monitors the, the chat stream is actually down with COVID, so I'm pushing buttons as well as uh, having a chat with you, so... Um, okay. If I'm so, I'll be trying to keep in touch with what people say, but you know they may or may not join. But welcome if you are. Um, and so I guess the adoption chronicles. I started this through my own interest of listening to and reading different people's stories about adoption. Uh, a lot of them are quite positive, where they found their birth mothers or birth parents, and vice versa. And I guess there's a historical paperwork trail that's been in vogue, but you're a DNA angel. What's all that about? Well, I do both. I do general adoption adoption searches. Um, Once the adoptee's got their paperwork, I can do a search for their birth family. But often, um, due to various things, the mother may have given a false name, often... Well, more, more than likely the father is unnamed on adoption paperwork. Okay. So with the advent of DNA, that has been a complete game changer for adoptees because 
even without a close family member testing, we can identify both birth parents from their ancestry DNA results. Right. So with that, if um, I guess there seems to be a high percentage of fathers that aren't named on the birth certificates. Is, is there any particular reason for that or is it just um, random? I think because back in the day, the authorities had no way of knowing if that was actually the father. Right. And plus the father would have to sign the paperwork. So often the father wasn't still around. Yep. Um, was unmarried, so you're not going to get dad to sign, uh, sign the paperwork. Yep. Um, but I must say that in the majority of cases that we've had, yep. most of the birth fathers, once it's been shown to them how we've identified them from DNA results, have stepped up to the plate. Okay. They've been really good. Yeah, right. Well, that's a, that's a real positive out of it too. So um, that's that's major actually because there's a stigma attached to uh, the whole adoption story really, sometimes, um, and I call it an open secret. Um, I'm yeah. not secret about it, but I don't go around telling everybody as well. Um, yeah. And unless, like, it's it's not like we're uh, missing an arm or it's it's really evident, you wouldn't know unless you get told. So um, yeah. same with the fathers too, um, if they yeah. don't know, because that's sometimes a story as well, isn't it? Well, in all fairness, a lot of the birth fathers were completely unaware that they even fathered child. So, you know, this comes from complete left field for them because yep. they had no knowledge that um, a child was conceived. So you've kind of got to look at it from their point as well. You know, it's a huge shock after, you know, 40 or 50 years. Mm. Hey, Dad, kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. I can but only the imagine. The other thing yep. that's interesting, is sometimes on the adoption paperwork, the birth father is named by the birth mother. Right. Um, but we always recommend to adoptees, even if the birth father has been named, to DNA test with Ancestry and let a search angel look at your DNA results because 40% of the cases I work on, the birth father turns out to be someone other than the person named by the mother. Yeah, right. It's really a huge percentage and it's it shocked me when I first started, um, you know, doing this work, how many were actually not the person named in the paperwork. Yeah, right. So let's just um, go back a little bit before we start digging too deep. I'm interested yeah. to know how you first started on this particular journey. Um, is, it, what's the, is there a connection somehow with what you've been doing? Well, I'm, I'm not an adoptee, yep. but I had a cousin that was adopted into my family. Yep. And about five years ago, she contacted me and said, can you give me a hand to um, find my birth parents? And I said, sure, thinking it was just an, an easy general search. Uh, but as it turned out, the birth mother had given a, a false name and all the other details were false as well. And so she DNA tested and I took a look at her DNA results, and, and honestly, it may as well have been written in Martian. Wow. I had no idea what I was looking yeah. at, and nothing, nothing matched with the information that was on her paperwork. So I very naively posted on a DNA page saying, is there any way the DNA can be wrong? Uh -huh. And uh, a lovely lady 
um, messaged me and said, um, I'll give you a hand. The DNA isn't wrong. Yep. And so she kind of gave me a, a bit of a start as to how it all works. And really, I won't say it was easy, but once I got the hang of it, I was like, this has got nothing really to do with DNA. It's more about building a family tree. Yeah. You know, people, I think, get a little bit scared off. They go, but, I, you know, I'm not educated or I, I don't have a medical background. I don't know anything about DNA. Well, I don't either, but I family tree and that really is what working with dna is all about being able to piece together a family tree and join them up using your dna matches as a guide yeah okay so, so every story would be unique that was kind of, that's right um so i'd been on an adoption page for quite a while and I'd seen a lot of adoption searches on other Facebook pages go belly up mm -hmm. because they were public pages um, and adoptees were naming their birth mother. Mm. And the trouble with this is that often the adoptee is a well-kept secret in the, the birth mother's family. She may not have told her husband or her kids or her yep. extended family. So all of a sudden having her name up in lights on the internet mm. um, can imagine can end pretty badly. Yeah. Um, I just thought, you know, there's a better way to do this. And so the page was born, I suppose, in 2000, where all our um, adoption, when I say our, I have a team of eight DNA search angels. Yep. So we very much work as a team. Each search angel is allocated a case and she'll stay on that case until solved. Right. Um, the general idea of the page is to teach adoptees how to identify their birth parents themselves, but we have the angels there to help them out if they get stuck. Okay. Um, so we started in 2018. All our search privately, one-on-one -on -one with the adoptee. No birth mother, birth father names are posted to the page. So yep. we keep the privacy of the the birth mother uppermost yep. um, to give the adoptee the very best chance of a successful reunion. Yeah, and, yeah, that's uh, so. very, very important because um, sometimes mm. people don't want to be found. That's true. That's true. Um, once we've identified or found the birth mother and the birth father, we then have a volunteer who goes to the AEC and she'll look up their current address. So the adoptee can either write a, send a registered letter yep. or we refer them to an intermediary service in their state who will reach out to the birth family on behalf of the adoptee um, very discreetly so that you know, less chance of other family members knowing about it mm. before the birth mother or the birth father. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, it'd be a hell of a shock if um, you just knock on their front door and it's, uh, I guess, the uh, the birth father's wife or, or other children and then you introduce yourself. That'd be um, uh, inappropriate, I think, is probably the kindest word there. That's right. Um this is what we try to take into account. There's all these sensitivities and issues surrounding adoption. The birth father may have been married at the time. Yep. Um, the child, the mother may have been married and the child may be the product of an affair. 
care. There's all these unknowns that we don't know. So we have got to, you know, just tread very carefully and try and um, get them to make contact in a way that's the least, causes the least amount of stress to the birth parent, if possible. Yeah. So there's a fair bit of detective work that goes on, not only with the piecing together the DNA, but also creating the right environment for the contact and and letting the, the birth parents know, I guess. That... Mm, that's true. Often our biggest problem, I always say it's the number one newbie mistake. Yep. The doctor's DNA test, their DNA results come in eight weeks later and the first thing they do is message all <coughs> sorry, message all their DNA matches. Right. And again, the adoptee is probably a secret. Mm. And so sending out messages to all your DNA matches saying, you know, you're a close match, how are we related, I'm adopted, is not setting you up for um, a successful reunion. No. So we always say from your DNA results, identify both of your birth parents first and then the birth parents should be the per people you contact before you would even consider ex and, you know, contacting any extended family members. Okay. So let's go into a hypothetical situation here. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm an adopted child and yep. um, so I know who my birth mother is and, yes. um, but I've not explored who my birth father is as an example. Um, mm -hmm. How do I actually go about doing a DNA test, where do I start with that? So we always recommend Ancestry because they have the largest database. Right. And if you test with Ancestry, you can then upload to other DNA sites. But if you test with the other sites, you can't upload to Ancestry. So the first thing is to purchase a DNA kit from the Ancestry website. Yep. They're normally around the $129 mark, but often during the year, Father's Day and such, they'll have sales on and they'll be down as low as, say, $89. Right. Um, so they send you out a little DNA kit, you spit in the tube, put the tube back in the box, post it off, and about eight weeks later your DNA results come in and they're live on the Ancestry website. Wow. So you're then matched to everybody who shares your DNA and that's tested and you literally have thousands of DNA matches. Yeah. Um, See, I, I always average, thought that it really like, only gave you, like, heritage, like I've got 60% Scottish and 30% Welsh and 10% Italian and all yep. that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a pretty common um, belief because yep. they don't really advertise the side of it. They just, you know, it's all about where did you come from, mm. find out your ethnicity. Um they don't really point out that you're actually matched to people that you share DNA with. Wow. So, you know, it's been a real game changer for adoptees. You know, for the first time ever, they can identify unknown, unknown, not just birth parents, but children of adoptees can also identify their unknown grandparents mm. from their DNA. Yeah, that's... So, an, for that, example... Yep. Yeah. I was just going to say, with your case... Yeah. If you were to DNA test, just so you didn't know who your birth father was, what we do is 
separate your maternal and paternal matches. Mm-hmm. So we'd eliminate all the matches that DNA matches that were on your mother's side, and then we'd just work on the matches on your father's side. And the way we do that is by looking at your DNA matches, we can identify who your ancestors are. So we might start your tree back in, say, 1850 mm-hmm. with your great-great-grandparents or great-great-great-grandparents. And then we build the tree down, but it's your DNA matches that give us the clues as we come down as to where you fit on that tree. Right. So yeah. Yeah. it's really more about, you know, building a family tree and adding your DNA matches that point to where you fit than what it is any knowledge about the technical side of DNA. Right. Okay. That's very, very interesting. Because mm. another little a spark of... Um, question that popped up in there was another conversation I had with someone previously about what about my children and what do they want to know so for argument's mm-hmm. sake I might make the decision not to follow through with uh, finding the birth father but my yep. children might want to know so that's right do they you would have encountered this scenario as well yeah this is a bit of a difficult one mm. like you know, we often have people contact us that are kids of adoptees and they say, look, mum or dad have got no interest in finding or knowing who their parents are. And we would like to think that the, the adoptive parent would be on board. Mm. But at the end of the day, I kind of feel um, really everyone's got a right to know where they came from. You know, so we kind of stress to, to grandkids, to the, the, you know, the kids of adoptees, it might be a good thing to know who your grandparents are, but not necessarily make contact. Yeah. Because it's then very hard for a birth mother to be contacted by her grandchild mm. and the grandchild to say, well, you adopted out my dad, but my dad doesn't want contact. Yeah. You know, it, it's very hard for the birth mother. Um, this is what I mean by we try to look at all sides of it um and i mean at the end of the day people will do what people want to do but yeah we just try and advise them in a way that um puts everyone's feelings to the fore you know not just i've got a right to know Mm. it also considers their mum or their dad and the birth parents and that's the never-ending struggle isn't it keeping everyone happy that's nearly an impossible task (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly so this where, you know, a lot of them will just follow my... So on my um, the DNA page that I run, I yep. run a four-part tutorial. Um, there's a lot of DNA pages out there, but ours is specifically for adoptees and takes into account all the sensitivities involved with adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, but also what I've kind of done, I call it DNA for dummies. Right. You know, I've broken it down. Four simple steps. Yep. Um, a lot of people just make DNA too too complicated, and really, you know, it's it doesn't have to be that way. I think a lot of people just overthink it, mm-hmm. and oh, I can't do that. You know, they automatically go, I can't do DNA. I wasn't any good at maths, or mm. it's got nothing to do with maths. Um, it's just a matter of step by step following the tutorial. Right. So. And I can tell you what, if you break it down into 
uh, a process. It's easy mm-hmm. to replicate and uh, repeat as well. So well done on that part because you don't want to be inventing the wheel every time you do the uh, do the test. So yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of demo cases on my page, so I'll yep. take a case for one of our members, um, change the names for privacy, of course, mm-hmm. and then I'll document each step that I do on the page so that others wanting to um, work on their own case can follow along and do theirs the same way at the same time. Yep. And I think once it's broken down into steps, and all they're looking at is one step. They're not looking at the whole picture, just one little step at a time. Um, a lot of them overcome that fear of, you know, of what they're doing. So, Yeah, and knowing what's coming up as well would be a big uh, relief for, for the people going through it as well. So you, mm. you, you might, you're going into the unknown massively by finding out who you uh, both parents are, but uh, knowing the steps would be uh, a very helpful, helpful That's way. That's right. Keep, yeah. Um, uh, the other question I get asked a lot is yep. how long does it take to solve my case? And the answer is always how long is a piece of string? Mm. Um, I can look at someone's DNA results and tell them within minutes, within hours, a day, days, weeks, months, and in a few rare cases, it's taken years. Yeah, right. Um, but cases are really um, not the norm. On average, it might take a couple of weeks or a couple of months, max kind of thing. Yep. And do you get a resolution on every case that you work on? Well, our DNA search angels stay on each case until solved. Yep. So. At the end of it, we do get some kind of resolution. There are a few cases we get that um, ethnicity plays a big part. So just say people with Italian or Yugoslavian um, ethnicity or something like that, their cases are very hard to work on just through lack of DNA matches. Not many people in those countries have DNA tested. So you haven't got much to work with. So often we just have to say to them, look, until a closer match comes along, there's really not a lot you can do um, other than begin your tree so that as new DNA matches come in, you can begin to build your tree from those DNA matches. But, you know, some of those cases will take years. It really is just luck of having a close close fan or a closer family member, DNA test. Yeah, okay. Um, So if the um, parents haven't done a DNA test themselves, does that make it difficult or or almost impossible? No, you you don't need the parents to have tested. You don't need a close family member to have tested. You don't need a first cousin to have tested. You can actually solve a DNA case from matches that aren't that close. It's just a matter of working through the methodical process. Um, Some cases are going to be easier than others, but a lot too depends on how much work you want to put into it. We get a lot of people say, oh, but I don't have time. And I'm like, you don't have time to identify your father? Really? Like, (laughs) 
you know, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. If if you're going to be half-hearted about it, yeah. go, well, I'll have a bash and see how it goes but not really put the effort in, well, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. You've, you've got to commit commit to the process. And, um, you know, like I'm on the page 24-7 almost, yep. well, seven days a week. Um, if anyone wants to ask questions, I'm there all the time. They can either message me privately or ask the question on the page continually say there's no such thing as a dumb question on our dna page of because course. we all began somewhere yeah we all started with dumb questions like me could dna be wrong um so, <laughs> well, here, so here's a know, question I, for I, you would you like yeah. to tell us your page yes it's aia help group is the name of the page that I work from and it's specifically for adoptees. Um, I do have another service that I run for non-adoptees that are wanting to identify birth fathers. Yep. But I help is the one um, for specifically for adoptees. Right. So, uh, no, the right. other thing I run yep. is a contact a contact register. Uh-huh. So anyone affected by adoption can register. So the birth mother, the birth father, the adoptee. We often get, you know, siblings contact us and say, mum gave a baby up, um, you know, can I go on the contact register? And then if both parties to the register, both parties register, we then link them up. Right. Yeah, okay. So cause... we've had a few where we've done, we had one just a couple of weeks ago where an adoptee registered on the contact register and a week later her birth father registered. Wow. So we were able to put them in touch and um, he's actually just flown flown from New Zealand to meet his daughter for the first time. So that was a real success story. Um, And we encourage as many members on our page as possible to put their names on the contact register because you just never know um, if there's birth family out there looking for you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think if you're interested enough to be on on an adoption page where you're looking at stories and you're satisfying your own curiosity, you're um, putting yourself out there to a degree anyway. Um, yeah. However, um, a little bit like, like I guess from my angle, um, and, and this is the main reason why I've put together this show, is for people to tell stories because I found myself uh, reading people's stories and uh, that helped me understand a little bit more about myself and yeah. my story. Uh, mm-hmm. And the stories, just by being told, can help other people without them uh, actually making any uh, any particular action on it. Um, so I guess there are the silent minority mm. to a degree. Um, and I think it makes people realise the way they feel. Like a lot of adoptees say, you know, why do I feel like this? Mm. And, you know, I say continually, you're not alone. Read some of the stories on the page you'll see that there's all these other adoptees that feel exactly the same way. But before they joined the page, they thought they were the only ones that felt felt this way. Yeah. So 
And I think that's what I love about what I do is everyone's got a story and I love hearing um, everyone's story and they're just so different. Um, you know, you never get two cases the same. Everyone's case and story is completely different. Yeah. And just when I think I've heard it all, I hear something <laughs> that blows me out of the water. You I know, can and I only imagine. When, when I first started, I thought I'm not going to get emotionally involved in this. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can't not. No. You, know, you can't not. Um, you know, because people's stories touch you. So. Well, at know. the end of the day, it's um, the very fabric of their being. When we really boil it down, because. Yeah. It's the first story in your life. That's You're right. Born into this world, and that's the first chapter. Whether mm. or not you find out about it early or you find out about it late, yeah, um, that's right. I guess finding out. I don't know. I'm not going to make any judgment. I'm not here to judge uh, any particular story. That's not the idea. Um, mm. But it's definitely. An emotional roller coaster, that's for sure. Mm, it certainly is. And I think one of the, the saddest parts of doing this is the amount of clients we have that just leave their search too late. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than having to say to adoptee, I've found your mum, but you've missed her by three months. Yeah. You know, or, or similar. Um, How often does that happen? It happens a lot. Yeah. And because, because I think a lot of adoptees, you know, when they're younger, they're probably busy just getting on with their own lives and whatever, but it's not yeah. until they are, they're older where they start to reflect and have maybe have a curiosity later on about where they came from. Um, perhaps by the time they've had kids of their own, it's kind mm. of, you know, ignites that curiosity. Um, so it happens quite a lot and it really is heartbreaking because they miss that one chance that they had of, you know, like they'll never know now. Yeah. They'll never know who their birth, well, they'll know who she was, but never hear a voice or anything like that. And I think that is the hardest thing that I find. And we, we, we have it all the time. We might have members that have been, you know, people that have been page members for, for two years and then finally they start and then they find their mother's just passed away. Yeah. That's a you sad know? story. Um, heartbreaking. Yeah, and I guess that's that's the lesson for the other people too. Like if you are, are thinking about it, and you know mm. that one day you're going to do it, then do it now, because you don't exactly. want to miss out. Exactly, and you know I kind of preach this all the time. You know, don't wait. Your birth parents are getting older. Yeah. You know, and it's just a fact of life that you probably. You leave it too late. Although recently I had a um, a seventy two year old lady contact me and she said, "Look, I know my, my mother will be dead, but I'd really just like to know who she was." Yeah, okay. Two months later, we we've put her in touch with her ninety six year old birth mother. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I really thought at seventy two there was no chance that yeah. birth mum was going to be alive. So that one kind of. Um, really blew me away. I reckon. Um, the other thing but, to that is it gives her a little bit more confidence because long life is passed right. down too. Um, yeah, great, great genetics there. Yeah, absolutely. So That's the other 
interesting thing we see um, with adoptees reconnecting with their birth family is genetics. How many of them mm. have really similar qualities or interests or their professions to their birth parents? Okay. Um, yeah. Have you got any examples of that? Um, yes, and I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning his name. Oh. And you don't have Jason to name Fisher, names. He was, okay. Uh, he, he was one of my, he's fine with it. Yep. He was one of my longest running cases. I think it took us more than two years to identify and find one birth parent. Yep. Sadly, we found Jason's birth father, but he'd already passed. Yep. Um, but Jason is right into all things automotive. Okay. Um, his father was into was a mad car nut. Yeah, right. And all his siblings we found are all also in the same industry. Wow. So, you know, definitely genetics at play there. Yeah, so. that's very, very interesting. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I guess it comes down to more than just your hair colour uh, and that's your eye colour and things like that. Um, exactly. One thing that uh, I've had uh, pop over my life is that I get told that I look like my adopted parents. I call them, my, they're my parents. Parents, um, yeah. They're my mum and my dad. Um, yeah. But I'm not uh, DNA related to them. Mm -hmm. um, and is that a common thing as well that you've heard? Well, I, I think that's why a lot of people don't realise that they're adoptees. Mm. Because they do have similar characteristics to their adoptive parents and it, never twigs that um that it's otherwise um you know we had a case recently I, I think the chap was in his late 40s yeah and um did his d didn't think he was an adoptee had no reason to think so but did his dna and wasn't oh. matching his biological parents wow and um contacted me and said do you think i could be an adoptee and i said well let's take a look and sure enough um, he was adopted. He had no no indication whatsoever that he was an adoptee. Um, and just grew up with his parents and his family and they were all very similar, so nothing to make him suspect. Yeah, wow. Mm. That, is, um, that is very, very interesting. I guess one of the questions I get asked um, when people realise that I'm adopted is when did I find out? I'm very lucky mm. that my parents told me very, very early, very young. So mm. essentially I've always known, and the same with my sister. Yeah. Um, we've always known that we're adopted. Um, mm. And I guess that has its own uh, falling out, falling in or whatever, adds questions to, you know, how long it takes you to go to sleep at night as a kid. Because um, yeah. you ask yourself the questions, what are they like? What kind of, especially when you're in trouble, like you've done something <laughs> wrong, and then you get yeah. sent to your bedroom, and you're like, hmm. Now I wonder, man, if I had have just been not adopted, then I'd be <laughs> in this mansion on the Gold Coast or wherever. But you, yeah. your mind plays all these different tricks. Um, yeah, that's but, right. Yeah, the truth is definitely uh, uh, it, it. It undoes all those fantasies. That's a hundred percent sure. Mm. I think it's um, 
it's, I think it's somewhere along the line, adoptees just want to know the truth. Yeah. You know, where did I come from? They might not necessarily want contact with their birth family. Yep. Um, but I just think it's a natural curiosity. I can't see how you're not curious. I know there are adoptees that aren't curious, but yep. I don't understand it. Um, to me, I would would have thought it was a natural curiosity to know where you, where you your biological roots were. Um, so. I think at the end of the day, just having that knowledge for some people is enough. They don't need to go that step further and yep. um, find their birth family. And that's fair um, enough. Fair enough too. Um, I guess from my perspective, yeah. I wasn't going to look. I made that decision quite early. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I won't go into the reasons why. Um, yeah. And then I was, yeah, found by my birth mother and mm-hmm. contacted. Um, yeah. Through my through my mum, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well, that takes that's my choice done. <laughs> I didn't Take get a away. choice in it, yeah. Um, yeah. But as it turned out, you know, we met and the story yeah. evolved, um, and then it, yeah, then it ended. But that's okay. Uh, but yeah, so I think there is definitely reasons, and I can understand why why somebody wouldn't want to choose to to look. Um, mm. But at the same time, um, I can definitely understand the curiosity and why you want to find out. And, yeah, yeah you've definitely That's got right. an awesome resource there. So, um, yeah. yeah, the best way to go by contacting you is through the, uh, the, yeah. the Facebook just, page. I'm easy to find on Facebook with my surname, pretty unusual. Yep. Um, so just, just send me a message on Facebook and then I can... Um, help you from there i think last year we i think the first year we were open we solved 70 cases wow last year we solved 140 and so far this year we're up to 45 cases solved so the method definitely does work yeah um you know and like it's not just me like i said there's a team of eight search angels plus we have a couple of research assistants who do a lot of the background work for us. Okay. Um, yeah, they might, well, professional Facebook stalkers, you might call them. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, they'll build a tree for us or hunt down some records for us. Um, so there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to give adoptees answers. Yeah. And, and I've got a great team. You know, that makes all the difference. Absolutely. And that well, so. that's what makes any... Uh, I guess venture worthwhile is having those good people around you to yeah, uh, to get the work done in a good mm. manner. So, no, well yeah. done. And I guess on behalf of all the adoptees, we really appreciate the work that you do. Thank you. Because I don't think, you know, we don't want to invent the wheel every time. And if there's somebody there who's uh, got the wheel spinning in motion, um, yep. it's a good resource. So, uh, mm. yeah, no, that's fantastic stuff. So, you know, if, if anything here encourages other adoptees to contact me or DNA test or um, consider their search, then, you know, I'm happy. Yeah, and definitely get in touch because if you've got that question that's burning away in the back of your mind, uh, there's a chance to answer it. 
That's exactly it. And, you know, DNA has brought all this about. Who would have thought it back in the 60s and 70s that one day these adoptees would be DNA testing and identifying their birth parents? Yeah. So. And and opening up so many different stories too. Um, that, that's uh, right. You know, each, each one is... Uh, it, it's, it's definitely unique. Um, and even my sister and I, you know, we were brought up in the same house, but our stories are completely different. That's right. So, no, fantastic. All righty. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show uh, this afternoon, Diane. I hope uh, the people that are listening uh, got something out of it. So uh, one more time, do you want to let us know your Facebook page so that people can get in contact with you? It's AIA Help, and if anyone's got any questions whatsoever, I'm happy to answer them. I will talk about DNA until the cows come home, so please ask. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Um, all right. Um, okay, so Big uh, Gaius has just, uh, uh, has just gave us a thumbs up, I guess. Great show. So thanks for listening in. No, we really appreciate it. And, yeah, so after um, after I probably clean up a little bit, the um, show will go on Spotify uh, soon. Yeah. So um, on Twitch here, it's only available for about a month or so. So then I'll put it up on mm-hmm. Spotify so people can listen in and um, get some information for themselves. So thanks again for being thanks. our first ever guest. And thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks, Diane. Thanks, Mick. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style